Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Force Diet Podcast. Wherever, whenever, and however you may be listening, we are honored that you've joined us. On today's episode, we'll be covering Andor episodes one through three, just dropped uh, a few days ago now on Disney Plus. And, well, let's face it, it's the talk of the Star Wars universe. So we're going to discuss the things we liked. Maybe there were some things we didn't like. And discuss maybe where the show's going to be going over the next nine episodes. So. Sit back and relax. This is where the fun begins. Force. The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. Why is the Force connecting us? I am a Jedi. Always do. There are. We're a diet in the Force. And welcome to episode 35, Force Dad Podcast. Again, we're back. Because Obi-Sean can't count. You know, counting is really hard for engineers, especially. <laughs> uh, Math is not our strong suit. But uh, yeah, welcome back. Uh, Jedi John, Obi-Sean, as always. Um, we're ready to, to chat about our favorite Andor moments, mm-hmm. along with, you know, some stuff we wish may, may have been different. And then maybe where the show's going. Um, super excited to get into it. We've got a couple things, just you know, the typical pleasantries that yeah. we enjoy exchanging. Um, uh, we're gonna skip fantasy football this week completely. That's and right, and just ignore it because Obi Sean just wants to brag and about know, how I beat you last week. I'm not having it. I'm and how I'm gonna beat you this week? I'm not having it. We're facing the other league. Yeah, yeah, two leagues in a row. The schedule really did not work out in my favor this year. Well, it didn't help that uh, you lost all my running backs, <laughs> which technically I'm in the same boat. Right, I, I I went out and I had to trade for one, but yeah, you lost all your running backs. One of your wide receivers was out too, and so yeah, you were basically playing with like two thirds of a team. So I felt bad for you. I did text you to let you know, you know, because that's proper gamesmanship to oh, text yeah. to well, text you, your you opponent. Wanted, you wanted no excuses. I, that's all. That's it was. true. I, I I wanted you to have a full roster, so uh, so you could put in. Uh, who did you end up? Uh, Zach Moss, didn't you pick yeah, him? I up? had to. I had to get a running fantastic. back. Fantastic. The uh, third two stringer points, in two points. I in, think he got in, in, in Buffalo. He so. did. He did put up something, which is better than some of my players. I think. Uh, yeah, I I think, I think I, Jerry Judy went out with one. He did. Damn he did. Injury. He got one catch and yeah. like three yards. So. Um, yeah, so hopefully I can uh, <clears throat> duplicate that uh, result this week in our other league, yeah, where I am projected to beat you somehow. So because my team is trash in that league too, I got beat by like sixty points last week in that league. Yeah, I'm not sure why I'm not projected to win, but it's fine. Well, the guy I went up against had Lamar Jackson. He had. Um, is he good? He he did good last week. <laughs> yeah, dude scored like two hundred points last week. Yeah, I scored one hundred hundred forty some odd points. I scored third most points, and I got just completely run a train on. So, um, and then tonight, you know, we we're actually burning the midnight oil. Uh, oh, it's a late night. It is. It is quite late. It is. You're really keeping me up past my bedtime. It's twelve thirty. I don't know if I appreciate <laughs> this very much. So, uh, but we were at trivia night tonight, um, yeah. which it, was fun. Well, we had a good night. I mean, you guys can imagine. The knowledge we store in our heads, and uh, yeah, we had a good night. We just couldn't quite bring it home. No, no. Uh, I'll say we had half a table. Yeah, I mean, there were six of us sitting there, so that sounds about right. Yeah, 
But uh, yeah, we finished what sixth out of I don't know thirty five teams. Well, we were table forty three, but there's probably only. I think there were some gaps maybe. In, in in the tables, but good time uh, had by all. So oh, lots of food, lots of mm-hmm. uh, lots of drinks, Be- some bevies. Yeah, I think there was some blue milk available, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we 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 I partook. Mm. I, mean, you know, I did as well. Yeah. And and so now I'm 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 you know, I'm winding down the evening with uh, a nice hearty glass of water. Oh, H H two O is the bacta of the uh, <laughs> of our universe. That's so. right. So I mean, with that, well, let's uh let's dive into to Andor. I mean, it's. I don't know if, I mean, the hype was obviously intense. Oh, I was hyped. I feel like, I feel like the hype surrounding Kenobi was was obviously great, um, but it had like three years to kind of marinate, and then with it being shown at celebration, it kind of gave it a boost. But the excitement around Andor, I felt like, was almost greater. I don't know. I don't know if you felt the same. Uh, in some ways, yes. I think it. I think part of it helped that Kenobi finished so strong. Mm. So they were like, "What's next?" And I think that really helped um, Andor. Uh, at, but at celebration, I mean, Diego Luna got up on stage and just crushed it with his, um, with just him speaking about the whole thing. And then you know, the thing that had us all captivated also was uh, last week with. Disney Plus Day, mm-hmm. they launched another uh, like teaser with it again, just to, you know what? We're just going to get them one more time. And you know what's crazy is we had to wait till episode three for that scene, mm-hmm. which I was expecting it in, in um, you know, the opening episode. And I'm like, oh, what are we doing? We're not going to get there. And then episode two came. Oh, we're still not going to get there. Uh, and, and obviously... Uh, in my opinion, and probably shared by many out there, those first three episodes really connected. You probably could not do them separately because it would have been too much left on the... uh, The hook would have been too big, and you can't hold the attention for for what they were hooking us on Mm -hmm. uh, just because of how the episodes felt, how they ended, and the, the need for more information immediately because... Yeah, I mean, the line was just not strong enough to hold it, so to speak. Yeah, and and I felt the kind of rollover effect when I was watching it, and I didn't start watching it until, I don't know, 10.30, uh, uh, Friday night, Thursday night, and I found myself just wanting to jump into the next episode. And they did such a good job of... I, I thought that they did a really good job with the pacing, and even though... It, I think some probably felt it was a little slow. We've got 12 episodes to flesh a lot of it out. Um, you know, he had the flashbacks and stuff like that. So I I didn't find myself clock watching at all uh, while, wa- you know, with these first few episodes. And they did such a good job of closing out each episode where you're like, it left you perfect to roll into the next. Um, I think of the conversation that Luthan and, that that fella had about Ferrix and if he can't find it here he can't find it anywhere and then it cuts to credits and then you're like and I need to see the next episode so I thought the way that that they had paced it was was good and, I, and again I think they did need to do all three at once 
turns out that made a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, in, in my eyes, that's probably the first arc of the series that we saw. So, uh, which you had to play together because if I would have to, if I would have ended on some of the scenes I ended on, not only would I have been wanting more, like you said, like I'm ready to go to the next episode right now, but also I, I wouldn't have it available. And so mm-hmm. I may lose interest because it wasn't quick enough to get to where you wanted to be, but it got there within the, the three episode arc. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's, I mean, we're not going to break down, you know, we're not going to rehash each episode. Oh, I think uh, we should do a shot by shot. <laughs> I, um, let's compare it to the volume. Let's uh, compare yeah. it to whatever else we want to compare it to. It doesn't matter. We can compare it to butterflies outside. I don't care. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but, but that opening scene, so episode one, that opening scene. Oh my God. Was, I, I that felt like Star Wars. You know, actually, I should say the whole series feels like Star Wars to me, but there's something about shooting on site that gives you, you know, obviously depth of shot, but it allows you to create a an environment that actually draws you in as a viewer and you feel like you're there with the character and that first scene does such a good job of doing that and i mean i can't this first scene not only drew you into the show but it gave you immediate um gratification for like fandom as far as this is the grittiness that a lot of people have been waiting for i've been waiting for and it was exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. And I go back to that um, Book of Boba scene when it's Mando, you know, taking. Oh, taking, yeah. And taking the. Yep. Yeah. Taking the blade to the. Uh, at the at the meatpacking facility. I, I've got like bad that. news for everybody. I am not going to recall <laughs> names. The memory's tonight. a bit hazy this tonight. It's not going to happen. But That's fine. But um, when, when he went to the meatpacking and just went after it and what we saw him cut a guy in half on a table and just slice it. Like, yeah, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Not every episode, but that's the grittiness. That's the, that's the benchmark, you know, like we want that darkness and, uh, Cassian delivered it immediately in this episode, in the first episode. And as soon as it happened, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Like, and you already have a conflict within the first, I mean, five minutes of watching the show. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it yeah. sets up the, the the initial arc, right? And and the the scenery, you know, it had that it had a futuristic look. I, I told you that it reminded me a lot of Blade Runner, um, with kind of the brighter neon, like pastel neon, set against that dark, rainy, you know, environment, and. Yeah, the the shakedown, the shakedown scene. I I I let out a verbal, you know, hell yeah when when he because that's you talked about it that when we've talked about it on this uh, on the show. I want I wanted the realism, the grit, the grime, the dirtiness of what Star Wars, you know, what is going on in in the galaxy is for everyone who isn't a Jedi or a stormtrooper. And that was something that was absent from all three episodes, which which was the tradi- traditional tropes. You know, obviously no Jedi, 
there were no stormtroopers. There was, I mean, yeah, they had to talk about the Empire, but there's no Vader. There's, there's, there's none of that. There's none of that to, uh, to explicitly say this is Star Wars, right? Outside of, technically, it's Cassian, right? We we know Cassian from the universe, but everything else felt real. It felt lived in, and that's something that we haven't gotten yet from Star Wars, other than Rogue One, where yes, you know, you have Vader at the end. But up until that point, un- until the Battle of Scarif, you know, it-, it felt more real. And I think the show has done a really good job of of setting that, again, right out of the gate. So let's let's focus on some of our, our positives, the things we liked over the first three episodes. Again, we're not going to rehash each episode shot for shot. So overall, what are some of your, your positive takeaways from, from the first three episodes? I'm going to go with number one the music we've talked about music a lot on the show so when i'm watching a new episode of something i immediately focus in on it and the industrial feel to the show because of the music it fits so well and it just it just gives that grittiness it gives the it it just gives the environment that one level up and I'm just, I'm very, very happy with the music choices they've made so far. And I hope it continues because they've done such a great job um, with character themes, with the theme of the show, just that un- industrial undertone mm-hmm. and its grittiness. I just love it. So Yeah, and it's and it's evolved. It evolved over the three episodes, right? Like Already. The, the, the musical theming has changed. I think, you know, one episode you had more drums, more kind of like a rock feel to it. And then one was more orchestral. And and, and the way Nicholas Patel has done this, you know, so far, yeah, the, the music is has been top-notch for sure. I mean, I could, uh, after watching the first episode, I've been like, I can just listen to this, like, whenever. When are they releasing the soundtrack? Because exactly. I, just, I just want that in my ear all the time. It's so good. It's just so good. And then um, for me, it's just... Uh, the environment building that they did um, between the streets and the real life um, sets they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't replace some of that stuff. Uh, the volume does a great job. You can't take anything away from it. Uh, some of the shots I've gotten in that studio have just been fantastic, but feeling like you're there you get different camera angles that you can play with you get different uh povs you get it just feels different and uh i'm very excited that they shot this the way they did Mm -hmm. and uh it just looks fantastic and it feels yeah i just enjoy the feel of it and the cinematography so far it just it really great stuff Mm mm-hmm and what about you? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> well, well, you, yeah. To talk briefly, yeah, to talk about the uh, the cinematography, you know, that scene at the end of three when they're they're closing in on on Cassian and Luthen in the in the uh, the warehouse, and the way that they cut, you know, to you know the East team, and then they cut to the North team or the West team or whatever it was, and the way everything is is spliced together, you know with the backdrop of them smacking on, well, 
darn near everything that they could get their hands on to make that cacophony of noise, right? Yeah. It was so loud and disorienting. And, you know, Marva says, this is, you hear that, this is what a reckoning sounds like. And again, noise, music, the cinematography, it, it's getting out from the volume. Like this, this show cannot have been shot any other way, like because of the way that it pulls you in. And as a viewer, that's what you want. That's what you need. You need buy-in, right? You need, because the cool thing is outside of Cassian, we don't know, you know, we, we, we have no clue what's going to happen to these people. And that, the, the suspense and, you know, which is built really well with, with, you know, in conjunction with the music, it's, it's that, well, I mean, it's called like a spy thriller, like espionage type thing, but it feels like that. And yeah, I thought, I, I mean, personally, I thought Marvel was dead. I thought they were just going to, oh yeah, I thought she was toast too. I thought they were just going to end her. And then when you hear her talking about everything, you kind of get like, oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, these guys are so screwed. Because you don't know what's going to happen exactly, obviously, because none of these guys have any plot armor that we know of yet. Mm-hmm. And when she's like, you, you need to be worried when the music stop, when when it stops, because that's when. And then you see him running out of the house, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be scared, too, though, thinking about, I mean, you you put yourself in those guys' positions. They're like, this lady might be actually not, not messing with us. Like, she might be. Well, and you got to think, too, they're, they're that. The Grasso came through. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's security. That security detail, though, you know, they said, you know, we, we've not seen um, blues here for some time, right? Like, so Ferrix, it's, it's kind of that self-governing planet, right? Like, it, it obviously exists within the empire but it's not actively controlled and they do things their own way exactly and you know so you are going into hostile territory right where you don't know anything you don't know the lay of the land you don't know well you don't know anything right and you know yeah you're trying to go and and serve this this arrest warrant for this for this character but you don't know how how he's tied in with the rest of the group, right? So they're protecting him. They're protecting themselves, right? And, you know, you've got that French resistance kind of feel to it. Um, the culpa ring type, you know, from the Revolutionary War. Um, all of these uh, underground callbacks, right, where you've got the the corporate... You know, because effectively that's what they are. They're like the security detailer from the the corporate planet, Morlana, right? And they're coming into kind of the gritty worker planet, trying to impose their will. And the workers are fighting back. So you could even look at, you know, unionized labor and and companies in in the you know late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, when when you had those those union battles. And so there's a lot of historical mm, parallels too that that it kind of relates to. And so, um, but from a character perspective, you know, the deputy inspector, I really enjoy, like, I, I like the guy. I enjoy that. I, I hate him so much. Yeah. I, I, I like <laughs> that, you know, he took a stance on what he believes in, which is important and uh, for an, any antagonist or, um, even minor 
character. Like, if they're taking a stand for something, you're like, oh, well, pay attention for a minute. Um, I really liked the chief inspector basically giving him the, mm. bro, just leave this go because it's a bad time and not because I'm telling you it's a bad time for these men, but also I'm presenting to the big dogs. So shut your mouth, keep your head down, and just bury it because I need no problems right now. And that's, uh, I mean, honestly, the very much the political structure we're in today. Uh, not to get, I'm not going deeper anywhere in that, but it happens in corporate America all the time where I don't need the big guys asking any more questions than they have to. So bury this crap. And, um, well, he didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went full throttle the other way, in fact. But uh, I really enjoy his character. I think he's going to grow from his <laughs> miserable experience um, because I don't, I, I don't know. It's not going to break him. I think it's going to build him uh, because I can't imagine they introduce this guy and then drop his story, mm-hmm. you know? So he's going to be the chaser for the entire series um, so far, at least. Um, that's my prediction. Right. Um. But yeah, he's one of my favorite characters. And then, you know, seeing some of the people that have interacted with Cassian on the planet, like Bix and some of the other guys that are like, well, he obviously owes a lot of guys money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, and he does it the Cassian way and he, he um, borrows and, you know, he wants to pay back, but yeah, it, does, it didn't. It didn't come through this time. Yeah, it's a lot like Han, right? And, ah, and trying trying to little... talk his way out of a lot of things, right? Yeah, you owe you owe this guy. My, well, yeah, talk to them. I I uh-huh. I took care of that. Right. Oh, they're here too. Oh shoot. Yes. Yeah. I owe you. But yeah, it's it. It's very interesting that aspect, like because he is a smuggler. Like he is. That's what he does. So, the whole stage on 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 the planet it just he had his home he had everything he needed he always wanted more and obviously his main driving force currently is to find his sister so Mm -hmm. um but yeah favorite character so far Cassian obviously because well want to know more um the the deputy inspector deputy inspector I think his name is Cyril Sarah. Like like his his character's name is that. I hope we get more of the, his first report there. The the um the guy that was like, oh yeah, punish everybody. Like they, oh, they, so that was uh, help me out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's Sergeant Linus Musk. Oh. Sergeant Musk. Sergeant Mutton Chops. Sergeant Mutton Chops. He was good. I, he honestly, was great. Honestly, I thought that guy was going to propel our current deputy to be chief like honestly like i think that's probably how it ends up mm-hmm. i think the chief gets booted because they start pushing on the the wrong buttons but the right ones at the same time sure uh to clean up the system you know um but yeah uh but yeah cassian uh i love bix very cool character. I hope we get more of her. I think uh, she's slated only for one more episode. So well, accor- that's according to IMDb, yeah, which, which could be a bit I, misleading. It could be because they're trying to hide whatever they can. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I thought Marvel was going to eat it. I love her wit. Uh, I love seeing her in flashbacks because, you know, she 
very strong-willed character. Um, and for those who are eagle-eyed uh, Harry Potter fans, uh, she plays Mrs. Dursley in in those movies too. Nobody so waves wands around. She's here, an accomplished, obviously an accomplished actor. Yeah, nobody nobody waves wands around here. We wave lightsabers, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, uh, very accomplished actress, and she, I mean. Just fan, she played the role fantastically. I mean, I no problems there. Mm-hmm. Um, am I allowed to go into what I don't like yet? Or hold on, because I want to talk yeah. about the deputy real quick. Okay, you go so ahead. yeah, so the I got more of a <clears throat> kind of a brown noser vibe from him, um, and the reason why is because he at thinks first, the chief first. inspector is inept, right? Because he's trying to, he's ignoring it, right? He's not, he's not adhering to protocol, right? But normally when you're a brown noser, you're trying to brown nose the guy right in front of you. Well, see, but that's the thing. I think he's trying to go around him to to basically boot him out, like you're saying, to to get him replaced, right? And he saw this task as his way up, right? You know, because he's trying to ascend the corporate ladder. And so he's... Until he had a gun on his hip. <laughs> right. He might as well piss his pants. <laughs> that, that, that's what I was going to say. So he's he's got this tough guy attitude, and the second he's in the thick of it, he he completely turns into a, a pile of goo. And so he, he, he talks a big game, but he has nothing to back it up. Whereas, what was his name? Moss. Moss, yeah. Lieutenant Moss. Or yeah, Sergeant Moss. Moss. He, he was waiting for a big speech. He was, and and so then you get the the quiet, rousing, you know. Thanks. Yeah, I've never done this before. Thanks for being here, sort of speech, right? And classic upper field, upper management, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> and and so it, clearly, someone who's never had to put himself in that position before, right? He has no clue what he's getting himself into. He's used to sitting behind a desk and you know going about things that way, right? And and so I think he realizes when he's on the dropship, right, they focus squarely on his face before that dropship comes into land. He is scared ishless, right? And by the end of the fight, you know, he's he's completely it's completely gone backwards, right? And they thought they were gonna get this rousing arrest. He was gonna get to, you know, trot him in and show him off and say, Hey, look what I got. And in the end, it ends up getting a bunch of people killed. And that's all on him now. Yeah, they had two murdered. And right. And now there's, there's and, and eight or ten. And he didn't listen now. So his, you know, he, he's the one who's in the fire right now. It, at, in, in essence, he and Cassian are really no different here. Because they both have done stuff that have gotten... Oh, you mean they went rogue? Oh, there oh. it is. There it is. So, so that look on his face, right? That that transition from definitely Greenhorn to now he's been through this this uh, this fight, and he's completely shell shocked. He's he's he his decision has gotten his men killed, and now he has to cover for himself, right? He has to clean up the mess. And so, like you were saying, he's going to become the chaser. Well, the reason why is because this is all going to blow back on him. And now he's got to try, you know, to save himself. And and so he goes from being the corporate ladder climber trying to circumvent, you know, chain of command because thinks his boss is inept and ignoring things that he shouldn't be. And now he's going to got himself in deep. And now he's going to have to dig himself out. So 
how his character continues to evolve because he's evolved quite a bit over three episodes. Um, that should be good to see over the next. I honestly don't even. I and I, well, we're not quite there yet, but I mean, we can be there. Um, I can actually see him getting fired mm. or terminated from his position, and then him becoming the rogue, going after Cassian and Selby to prove himself mm-hmm. for the company. Right. Yeah, and then and then uh, as far as you know, Tim, right? Bix is uh, oh, the, the, poor Tim. <laughs> poor. Well, I don't know, because because Tim thought he was doing himself a favor because he wanted Bix all to himself, right? And then uh, he goes and tries to do the heroic thing, and well, he gets himself killed, you know. And that, you know, again, brief as it is for that character, right? You can see, you know, the jealousy and and stuff between. Him and Bix, right? Yeah, honestly, you just gotta sit around the bar for another ten minutes and watch her pull away from the guy you're jealous of. Right? Yeah, you know, do your own thing, bro. So, <laughs> but the betrayal, you know, the yeah. that 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 as soon as she realizes what's happened and that she had told Tim that Cassian's from Canari or is Canarian, you know. All of that clicks, and then he realizes what he's what he's done, how he's screwed up, and then he tries to make it right, and you, you get kind of that that feel, that emotion from from all the characters, not just not just Cassian, right? And so, you know, just to kind of tie it up in a nice little bow, the the first three episodes, from a character perspective, um, the environments, the the music, the cinematography, I mean. I want to. I can't wait for Wednesday. You know, I can't wait for this Wednesday. And and waiting a week for every episode going forward is going to be, it's going to be tough considering how that last episode ended with the action. You know, the way that the workers, you know, jumped in to help. Like, uh, what was it? Um, oh, what was his name? Oh, his buddy who uh, who tied that thing. Oh, Brasso. To Brasso. Yeah, yeah. The just. You know the way hey, he walked. I, I got a name. There you go. You guys are welcome. And he walks off though, like oh you know, so gosh. so proud, right? And, and and you know, I actually thought he put like a thermal detonator or something on the on the ship. That's what I um, thought it was. Gonna explode, I thought it was just yeah. going to explode yeah. when when it went to take off. We but having it attached is even better. <laughs> and and the scrapyard that the you know again it feels kind of like um, Baraka. Baraka. You know, and and how I feel like. Cassian is meant to be one of them because of the wall of gloves. There was one spot missing, and I feel like that was supposed to be Cassian's. But I don't know. I hope I hope we get some more of them, you know, because they are, I think, kind of that splinter cell part of the rebellion. Um, and so I I I think we're gonna go back to Ferrix at least a couple more times this this series, even though Cassian is now left with Luthen. So. <clears throat> In my head, the only way that the only reason to go back there is number one for Marva and Bix and Bix. And if they go back for Marva, they take B two emo. B two emo. Interesting name choice, <laughs> by the way, for the droid. I think it's supposed to be B two E M zero, but so he's got you know, which is interesting because I don't think we've had a droid that had five letters letters in it uh, in its name, but I don't think that matters anyways. They just call him B anyway, right? Mm-hmm. They, do. Mean, they, they do. They do. So, um, 
I like I like I do like the droid. It's obviously been through a lot with Marva, especially. So we'll probably get more flashbacks with her mm-hmm. and him. It, sorry. Mm. Well, who knows? I mean, he's I, I vo- like... He he has a male voice, so you can call it the droid to him. Um, but yeah, uh, super curious what we get more in the history of the Canari people mm-hmm. because I feel like more happened to them um, because I was truly surprised at the flashes we saw. I thought we were going to get a situation where he went back to the village and something had happened. Mm, sure. To where he lost his sister or something. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's why he was searching for her because mm-hmm. he had no clue what happened to her would make more sense to me than. Then he know. went off and left her behind. Yeah. For by accident. Well, no, he intentionally went with the group to help them on the tracking oh, mission, right? right? He, and then he, he got want, left behind yeah, on the ship, he right? He didn't want to go off planet right. on purpose. So uh, it was just an interesting twist that, oh, Marvel was his savior off Canary. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and they kind of allude to what happened as far as the mining accident yes. that kind of wiped out the people, I yeah, guess. So survived. Right. And so I hope that they flesh that out a little bit more um, other than... You know, the, the inhabitants that survived became kind of tribal, and that was it. Um, well, I, I, w- I would think that everyone there was already, like, the, the people there were already there before the mining accident. Right, and then what was le- that they were all that was left. Yeah. And so then they kind of became tribal in that sense because, oh, oh, you're saying that their tribe already existed, like, coexisted with all the miners who were there beforehand yeah, without yeah. without without knowing gotcha mm-hmm. yeah you're probably right um so as far as the canari arc or flashbacks or whatever did you, what, what did you think of those did you you know uh gosh it's so tough uh did you ever watch arrow for wb no i didn't okay it, it kind of has that feeling to it where it's it some of the scenes drag during the flashbacks and you're like yeah, I, I understand why you're showing me this, but I, I didn't need it to infer that. Like, I could have had a more impactful moment. Like, Marva helping him off the ship, uh, that is impactful. They could have showed me that, and maybe him leaving for the... I mean, literally, they could have cut out a whole scene, probably, and I could have inferred what happened. But everything else is just... Uh, it just... It draws it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But... uh it's good because we've always heard from Cat. Well, we always we heard from Cassian. He's been in the fight since he was six years old. You know, so we want to see that and how that developed. Right, and I'm sure we'll get more. Yeah the 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 ship being so it came out you know over the last couple of days that you know people noticing the markings on the ship because the dialogue talks about a Republic frigate you know circling or coming in and and I think. And Marva even says that they killed a Republic officer, right? So everyone assumes that it was a, a Republic ship, but everyone's now spotted that it was actually a Separatist ship, or at least the or at least the the crew were were CIS affiliated. <clears throat> and so that's interesting because it, it implies that again that the Clone War, you know, the the ongoing Clone Wars were you know, in this, at this planet that there really would have been no reason for them to be near that planet. If there was nobody on it, it, I guess it would just have been a space battle or something like that. So it'll be interesting if there's, 
any sort of explanation as to how that ship ended there, you know, is, and, and technically I guess you don't need it for the Cassian story, but I mean, it, it might help to clarify why, you know, Marva thought that it was a Republic officer when they were clearly, you know, uh, not. Now with the gas that apparently killed them or, or disabled them, it reminded me a lot of the gas for anybody who's read the High Republic stuff that the Nihil would use to, um, to basically knock out their, their targets before they boarded a ship. So, and the fact that they were all wearing ga- you know, masks implies that there was some sort of expectation of it. Um, but the mask apparently didn't help. So, um, I expect the flashbacks to be a prominent, not, not necessarily to, to his early days, but to be a prominent fixture in the show to show how he came up probably within the, imperial ranks right where he talks about you know put on their uniforms and stuff like that because he's definitely hope we get that well we will because there's no way he's going to go back to that now right at at the in present day so all of that has to take place in the past right so the white jumpsuit scene where he's he's arrested and he's on the 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 sort of city planet from the trailer and stuff like that all of that's got to be flashbacks that's my thinking as far as yeah it could be you know how flashbacks play into future storytelling. I feel like Luthen might want to push it right away because, well, he's playing with pawns. He reminds me of the chess master that literally is Cassian's a pawn to him, Mm -hmm. and he will use him as he sees fit, when he sees fit, and yeah, that's it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him plug him in again because, like Cassian, it's easy. They're just so fat and happy, you know, <laughs> like I can just walk in and do whatever I want because they don't, their, their arrogance is unrivaled, you know? Right. So, uh, I think we're going to see more in person in timeline for that. Oh, sure. Gotcha. Just because I think Lucian's going to push him to do it. So now was there anything that you weren't a fan of? that you didn't care for in these first three episodes? I'm trying to think of anything, like, super, like, cringe. You know, like, it's, it's, right. it's, it's tough. Because I, I don't know about you, and I don't know about any of our listeners, but I've been watching a lot of other Disney Plus episodes for new shows. And some of them are just, it's hard to get through. So I, I, I'm not going to dig into them now, but um, just comparing and or to some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not seeing the moments where it's just like, ooh, we could have done without that completely kind of thing. The flashbacks, a little slow. Um, I understand most of them. So it's okay. I do wish, I told you before the show, like before our um, we started recording tonight, I really wish we would get the Canary language fleshed out so mm-hmm. I could just... like. I can we obviously can infer what's happening, but why wouldn't you want to hear the words or see the words or anything else? So that's a little frustrating for me, just because I want to know exactly. Sure, that makes sense. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy where we're at right now. I think um, if I would have only got one or two episodes for the opening, I'd have been like, "What the hell are we watching right now?" Because we wouldn't have got to the climax of Luthen meeting Cassian. And I thought that was going to happen episode one. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like, the fact I didn't get episode one, I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's get the next one because I know it's happening. So, give me the next one. And then episode two, it still didn't happen. I'm like, oh, my God. Play again. Let's <laughs> go. So, um, but I think that was it. Like, if I, w- if I had to wait for episode three to come, I would be upset right now. And I'd probably be talking super negative outside of the aesthetics and the cinematography and the music of the show. Even though I liked some of the scenes, mm-hmm. I'd be really upset where we were at. But we have the arc, so I'm very excited for that and curious to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, I I am in a similar boat. I don't have a lot of negative things to discuss or, or you know, things that I wasn't a huge fan of. I, for me, this has been the best... Star Wars Disney Plus show that has been released for me personally. And the reason I say that is because while I love The Mandalorian and... Hold on, hold on. Like for Star Wars. Obi-Wan? Honestly, I like I love Obi-Wan. Don't get me wrong. I love Obi-Wan. But these first three episodes for me were... I guess it's kind of hard to explain, but I love these types of stories. And... And I and I love them because they paint a picture of what it was, what it would have been like for everyone else. You know, like I said earlier, the other ninety nine percent who are wrapped up in the Clone Wars and you know subsequent Galactic Civil War, and you know you don't get that with you know the. I mean, you kind of get it with the movies, but again, it's from one perspective it's from the perspective of the jedi right like you don't get the layperson's experience with it and you kind of see it a little bit in the clone wars cartoons right like you you get the arcs uh with like saw or um some of the other alien species arcs you know mini arcs right during the clone wars but other than that you, you don't really get the sense of what a a galactic civil war or you know the ongoing clone war would have been like and and so for me i've always been a fan of like spy films you know, espionage stuff you know the Bourne movies i really like the Bourne movies you know Love um them. and and you know even some of the new james bond mo- you know some of the new james bond movies with daniel craig have been really enjoyable and i understand it's a little bit different right it's not it's not uh set in the same sort of environment from like a war perspective but um like those cerebral things appeal to me and while i love obi-wan and the character and i love the show um it was there were certain things that had to happen or could not happen right that kind of took things away right and we already talked about it earlier about everything most of the things being shot on the volume you couldn't set up certain scenes with you know certain ways because you're limited on space now certain scenes within obi-wan of course they shot outside off the volume um but even those felt stunted right this this did not feel like that you felt like you were in the world you felt like you were you felt like you were a character you know or a person in on these planets and uh, at times and and so again i love the mandalorian um i really loved obi-wan i enjoy book of boba but it's taking it out of the traditional tropes, you know, man, you know, Mandalorians, right, Jedi, etc. Like I said earlier, and and giving it back to the people, and 
I want that story. I want to know what is driving these people to fight back um, outside of, you know, the Empire is just, you know, awful. And, you know, and, and the thing, too, is you're going to have people in this story, I bet, who are loyalists, right? They're, they're not going to want to join in, right, just like you did during the Revolutionary War or any revolution, for that matter. You're going to have parties who are, they don't want to, they don't want to rock the boat because it suits them, right? And where you've got the working class and, and the little guy who's getting stepped all over and, and they have no choice but to fight back. And so I feel like that's where this is going, right? And we kind of see that from the trailer with Mon Mothma talking to that one guy, you know, uh, on I'm going to presume it's on Coruscant, about, you know, as long as they're distracted, they won't know what I'm really doing. He's like, what What are you doing, right? Because there's going to be certain components of people on Coruscant who aren't going to want to support this, right? And so you're going to have that dynamic too. <clears throat> and so, again, for me, this show is what I wanted a Star Wars show to be that, again, if you're going to not include the the uh, the standard stereotypes, like for me, it's it's not perfect, but it's about as good as I could have hoped for. Like the hype, it hit it for me. So I don't really have any negatives to say about it yet um, off these three episodes. Maybe that will change, but... Um, I mean, the music alone just gets me. Like, <laughs> yeah. So as it's just so good. I mean, the the show's good. The music's good. The characters are great so far. I look forward to seeing who we're gonna meet off planet with Luthen and Cassian, and then I'd love to see Bix back. Sounds like we get her for at least one more episode. I hope nothing bad happens to her because, <laughs> well, I'd love to see more of her. Eh. Well, we talked we we talked about that in a, in a past episode. Like, how does you know the people that he's associated with are gonna you know are, are are gonna get in trouble? And the question is, you know, is he gonna be able to help them? And if not, how that eventually drives him to the character that we see in Rogue One? We talked about it. His friends have to, they, they're going to have to die at some at, yeah, at certain so, points, so here's right? A, here's the thing: like, I honestly believe that he's going to go back to the planet, barracks, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to build a team. Okay. Because Luthen's going to send him on something, and he's going to build a team. So he's going to go back to guys he knows, people he knows. So Bix, Brasso, we're going to get those guys. Like, we're going to get them again. They wouldn't give them names if we weren't going to get them again. True. They're not bigs. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are, <laughs> but they're not bigs, and I I think we're gonna get them again in the in the series, and they're gonna be part of the team, and he's. I hope he doesn't slowly lose them, but I think he might. So during whatever missions he's on for Luthen or, well, the Rebel Alliance, because that's who he's gonna start working for. Right, and I guess as far as trying to forecast where, you know, the next nine episodes go. Right, we already talked about the flashbacks, um, given more of his upbringing, um, you know, his 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 time being arrested to begin with. Because again, you know, in in the first or I guess this is the third episode, right? He's from Fest, right? All, all of his his prior arrest records say he's from Fest, etc. So that backstory has to be laid. Um, my my the only thing I'm not sure about is, you know, the the antagonist being the deputy inspector, but. Is it solely to clear his name or, you know, to get him off his back? Like, is that, 
is that the trajectory of this first you know first season is it is it for him to finish the season as part of the rebel alliance with you know mon mothma and 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 saw and everybody you know and those and those people um I mean, that's probably what it is, is is he's going to go through a number of trials, a number of missions, like you just said, where it's slowly going to be revealed to him why he needs to fight, like w- why he needs to commit himself to the cause. Because right now, you know, he tells Lucen, why would I come with you, right? Don't you want to fight these bastards for real? And I think over a period of time, his his demeanor will change, either through his own actions or you know, stuff that's done to others, but to to basically galvanize him to the rebel cause. And and so I'm really excited to see what what those chain of events are to do that. So Yeah, I mean that all Luthan's gonna be the driving force there. Mm-hmm. So like he's gonna control Cassian's actions because Cassian's gonna get to the point where he trusts him one way or another. And Luthen might trust him or might just be using him. And uh, either way, he's going to complete many missions. And I feel like he's going to need a team. Mm-hmm. So, uh, honestly, I, I can't wait to see the next episode. I'm very excited for this show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, looking good so far. Like, looking great so far. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really it uh, for, for this uh, kind of recap, unless you have anything else to add. No. No. All right. Well, uh, well, with that, we'll uh, we'll bring our show to a close. Um, we want to thank everyone for listening, uh, listening tonight. Um, if you do enjoy the uh, the content, please do feel free to share it. Um, we really appreciate that. Make sure to touch base with us on our social media channels. Those will be in the show notes. And then, um, gotta pitch our guys over at Galactic Dads for a minute. Uh, talk about She Hulk, uh, Rings of Power, and I mean everything dad so like honestly if you guys have a chance and if you're interested in anything other than star wars just go ahead and give them a listen you'll be entertained and uh I yeah know. so they're uh, at galactic dads on uh, all the social channels and podcast platforms so um so with that we'll uh we'll wrap up and uh for jedi john i'm obi sean and until next time may the force be with you